Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hey, everyone. I'm Julie Gunlock, director of the Center for Progress and Innovation at the Independent Women's Forum and your host for today's Working for Women podcast. Today, I'm here with Michelle Minton. She's a senior fellow at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Thanks, Michelle, for joining me. Thanks for having me on. So I want to talk about this really important new report that CEI, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, released last week that you authored uh, called Fear Profiteers, How E-Cigarette Panic Benefits Health Activists. But, but don't, don't start talking yet, because before I talk to you about that, I also want to talk to you about the, this amazing, and I kind of want to get this out there, so I hope that people will look this up, uh, this amazing interview you did on Reason Television with John Stossel. Yeah, I mean, that was a really fun interview to do. Uh, John asked some pointed questions, some very good questions. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping more people watch it. A lot of people have already seen it, and it, it seems to be getting a pretty good message out there that what what people have been told, what they've been hearing from the media is not just independent health groups saying, well, we think e-cigarettes are dangerous. It's actually a coordinated effort between CDC, NIH, FDA, local health departments, and all of these charities. Right. And you sort of go into this, into the report, but I, but again, on the Stossel thing, it was, uh, it was a really in-depth interview. I mean, I think for our listeners, this wasn't sort of, you know, and Michelle and I do a lot of media, and usually, you know, you get, you get in the studio, and it's a, you maybe talk for an hour, but it's a three-second clip <laughs> that, that gets run. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't at all like that. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up is it was such a thorough interview. It was, I don't know how long it was. Was it 20 minutes, half an hour? But it was a long interview that really explored the issue in depth. So if you are interested in the e-cigarette issue, I know there's a lot of moms out there, and there's a lot of concerned moms about e-cigarettes. Um, you all hear about the jewel panic and people so terrified that their kids are getting hooked on this. But Michelle's got some really good information, some some uh, reassuring information. So check out Michelle's uh, television interview for uh, Reason TV. And again, it was with John Stossel. It's a great, great piece. So uh, on to this report that CEI has just released, very long report. You really study, as you mentioned, this sort of uh, web of health advocates and public health officials and how they work together to sort of sort of generate all this fear about e-cigarettes, how it's profitable um, for these organizations, but ultimately it leaves consumers and particularly parents who are worried about these issues um, completely confused and, un- and needlessly worried. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your report? Yeah, so I mean, I, I st- it didn't start out meaning to write this giant report. But as I started researching these, it really started with where did all this jewel panic come from? Where is it coming from? Because there's no hard data showing that you know, we have a little bit more information now, according to the FTA, but they haven't actually shown us the data that there's increased levels of teen use of jewel. Um, Wait, so, so can, can I, I just, can I, I'm, sorry to stop, oh, sure. I'm sorry to stop you. I'm sorry to stop you right there. But I, I think that's a, such an important point that is often people say it and then people don't spend a lot of time on that. So again, you have because because you do hear that the number of kids smoking or jeweling or you know smoking e-cigarettes has gone up, and yet the di- they're basing that on data that's not public. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. So the data hasn't been. All we have now is a um, 
notes from the field. So every year the FDA, I'm sorry, CDC does a, a national youth tobacco survey, and it's usually released in summer. And then in winter, they do a notes from the field. And so all they've released with their notes in the field are the numbers they've collected. I don't even know if they've been adjusted. They didn't include right. all of the information. They just said it was really only the enough information to back up what the FDA was doing for all they released. And that's it. They didn't tell that's us, convenient. you know, they, see, they said the number of kids vaping once a month has increased. They didn't tell us daily use, uh, you know, what, what the percentages of, of high school students, middle school students who are using on a daily basis. They didn't tell us the smoking rates because what, from what we've seen, other, right. you know, individual right. state data set shows that smoking, actual combustible cigarettes has gone and down the, every they, single year for the last like four years. And they didn't, they probably also don't include whether those kids, when they are actually using a device, they probably also weren't able to determine if those kids were using a liquid that contained nicotine. In other words, a lot Correct. of kids... They, never, they almost never tell us that. They never tell you that. And, and isn't it true also that they... And I'm sorry, I know I told you to summarize it, and I'm just interrupting this whole time. No, but, okay. so but isn't it also true that they often... Um, they put every sort of product that's not a combustible cigarette into one pot, for instance, hookah or yeah. marijuana or... So yeah. did, were they mm-hmm. were they specific about that? And I, again, I know that this data it was just sort of notes, but were they specific on that? Whether they were including like chew nope. or things? Ah, okay, interesting. They didn't include. So yeah, usually the the youth smoking or the youth tobacco survey does include. It does break things up by like does it have marijuana? It does not break almost. It never breaks things down. And does it contain nicotine? Because we know a lot of the kids who. They actually choose flavors without nicotine in them at all. Right. Which is, you know, right. Okay, that's fine. You're not getting addicted to nicotine. Um, yeah. I'm sure public health people still hate that. But, you know, th- these notes from the field didn't include any differentiation. They did say, oh, the proportion of kids who are smoking like three or more times a month has gone up. But that doesn't tell us what percentage of the total population of teenagers is doing that. Just saying, right. of those who use once a month or more, a higher number now use more than once. It's, it's pretty much useless data. Only only released to back up what the FDA is doing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, as I started researching, I realized that with the Juul issue, that it was actually a concerted effort because I started noticing commonalities in the language that was being used and the same yeah. uh, sources being cited. And then, you know, I did a couple of FOIA requests, which for your listeners who don't know, that's a Freedom of Information Act. And you can get some, inf- you get some data from government agencies. And I did it for a few of the state agencies that had released um, alerts on Juul. And what I found was that these state health agencies actually contract out groups like the American Cancer Society, um, not so much to, uh, campaign for tobacco-free kids, but they definitely work with them. But they've literally stated that their contractor is American oh, wow. Cancer Society. So they are sharing money. They are working together. And the more research I did, the more incestuous this relationship became between activists and agencies, where, yeah. you know, the activists take up whatever issue the agencies are, whatever their cause du jour is, and they then turn around and also lobby on their behalf when it comes to budgeting. And then those agencies yeah. turn right back around and give a portion of their budget to these groups. So it's, and this, it's really, I mean, the paper is ostensibly about vaping and, and e-cigarettes and all that, but it is really about public health. And you had to FOIA Sorry, to get that? You had to FOIA to get that information. In other words, for listeners, you, so that wasn't, transparent that wasn't sort of public you had to no. No. to find out that sort of profit sharing arrangement that's going on you actually had to FOIA that yes 
And uh, so there's some data I never even got a hold of where, you know, back in the, I think it was this, the 80s, where the Florida Health Department, um, like some of the founding members of ACS were, sorry, the American Cancer Society worked for the Florida Health Department. And I was trying to find, you know, there was a grant that literally said, a grant from the, the Florida Health Department to the CDC saying, you know, we will use this money for an anti-tobacco campaign and it will be housed in the American Cancer Society's like company in wow. Florida. Wow. And I couldn't wow. find wow. it because it was so old. And I right. asked the Florida Health Department, though, we don't keep records that long. CDC, we don't keep records that long. So some of it I never even got a hold of. And when you wow. FOIA, most people don't realize it's not like they turn it over to you in a week or two oh, weeks. No. It's, it's several months. It's, if it's yeah. the federal government, it can take up to a year or more. I have several FOIAs right. that are older than a year now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I did. It's not transparent that these groups are financially codependent on one another. That's fascinating. Which is 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 why it's important to keep people nervous. To keep and look, this is I think one other thing that's really important that we explain here is that part of this panic, um, and you know, we we've talked. I mean, this isn't just with e-cigarettes, um, right. a very effective method for making people nervous is invoking some sort of like children will suffer, right? And yes. uh, this is what's happening in the e-cigarette world, that there are calls to regulate, to ban flavors, to ban access to certain, to limit access to certain products, and to to stop the adoption or rather the approval of other project uh, products, newer innovative products, products specifically for the children, for the children. Like we have to stop these products or limit these products for the children. But why Michelle and I, Michelle and I both deal with this issue and Michelle is, is her work is amazing on this. Um, Why we're so concerned about it is because there's some great benefits to vaping. Um, People are able to quit traditional combustible cigarettes, which are the true harm, which is the cancer causing cigarette, um, if they, mm-hmm. you know, for some it doesn't work, but for uh, uh, millions, um, the switch to vaping has yeah. really helped them quit traditional cigarettes. So I think that's part of it. And why your report is so important is it really dismantles this whole idea that kids are being hooked. You mentioned earlier, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about this, is the rates of teens smoking traditional combustible cigarettes continues to go down. And yet the CDC and the FDA, they're all saying, it's a gateway drug. Talk a little bit about how that doesn't even make sense. It makes zero sense, honestly. Because part of the reason is it's very hard to calculate the number of teenagers who start vaping who would have otherwise started smoking, right? So you're looking at these numbers and you're like, well, we have this number of teenagers who've decided to use e-cigarettes and we have, it's very difficult to figure out how many of them would have gone on to, to smoke. Even without those numbers, however, you have a huge number of teenagers who are choosing not to smoke at all. You know, just in total, the number of teenagers who are smoking, who say that they smoked a cigarette in the last month, have been dramatically declining since e-cigarettes have really been on the U.S. market, available, widely available. So since around 2014, the numbers before that, they were kind of flat. They were going down a little bit, but they were kind of flat. Um, And then they just started bottoming out. I mean, we're reaching new lows every single year, you know, historic lows of smoking with teenagers and adults, honestly. Um, So. You know, it's not clear that it's caused by e-cigarettes, but there's some evidence or some research that's been saying, you know, we've talked to teenagers and we figured out that some of them are going to e-cigarettes instead of going to smoking. The gateway right. effect idea is almost always, pardon my French, BS, no matter what you're talking about. Because if you have right. a teenager who's like, let's say, I'm going to do heroin eventually. I want to do heroin. They don't usually jump right into heroin. They start with a cigarette. Right. 
then they do maybe right. marijuana, then they do something else. Like no one goes from zero to a hundred usually. Right. They start with right. something else. So the gateway idea is more about intent than one product causing you to do something else. Right, right. So, I mean, essentially what we're talking about here, and if you re- read your, your report, it really goes into this about these connections and, and as you mentioned, this sort of incestuous relationship uh, between these organizations. It seems like, because, look, if they're looking at the data you and I are looking at, they should, it should be a celebratory moment. It should be, this is great. We should be celebrating these innovative products. We should be encouraging people, encouraging people to use yes e-cigarettes. Um, so it sounds mm-hmm. to me like, I mean, and as you delve into this more, and I wish we had more time to delve into this in more detail, but it is really a profit thing. We know that these organizations exist because there's a problem. And so to ever yeah. admit that there's, that there's been some solutions to these problems would almost be putting themselves out of business. Is that, is that the exactly. reason? And for them, it's, a, yes. And for them, it is a win-win for activists and for government agencies. It's a total win-win. You might be thinking, well, if they get rid of e-cigarettes and then a lot of adults start smoking again, wouldn't that make them look bad and maybe cost them some money? No. If the smoking rates go up, they just have a better case for more money. See, right. look, the smoking rates are going up. We need more money to deal with this problem, even if it's a problem they cause. So they almost never lose. A lot of people understand this from, from media, the news media, the way it works. You get attention by red meat stuff, by right. blood, by violence, by all of that. And it's the same with activists and, and government agencies because they have to go to Congress and fight for their piece of the budget. Yep. You know, they don't just yep. get handed the same amount of money every year. There's a competition among agencies, so they'd say, this is a very important issue. And what they're doing, essentially, is they're taking money away from other important issues, uh, which yeah. might not be necessary. But you're t- we're talking about individuals who are self-interested, and that's okay. And they're yeah. trying to defend their jobs and their budgets. So that's, you know, fear is a really good way to do that. Well, Michelle, this is a great conversation. I really urge everyone to, um, Michelle, if you could tell us where we can, one, see uh, the report, of course, and two, um, the Stossel interview, because I really do think that interview was, was fabulous. And sometimes people learn more not from reading. And I look, I, I loved your report, but, you know, not everybody <laughs> might, you know, they might rather, you know. Want to read 70 pages, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, some people choose a book, like a novel, over <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us where we can see that, but also the Stossel interview. Yeah, if anybody wants to read the report, uh, you can go to CEI.org. You can follow me on Twitter as well. It's just Michelle Minton. That's my handle there. And if you want to watch the Stossel interview, you can go to YouTube and look up Stossel. Uh, Let Them Vape, I think is the title of the video. Yeah. Uh, and that should bring you to it. Yeah, uh, that's great. And do, do, uh, uh, do, do take a look at the report, though, if you're interested in this issue, if you're a worried parent. If you're concerned about this, um, you know, one of the goals at IWF is to sort of um, push back a little bit on so much of the alarmism. Parents have enough to worry about. Um, So do yourself a favor and read Michelle's report and understand, really, I think, the network at play here and how you're being manipulated. Um, There's no reason uh, to to be afraid of, of, you know, this technology. It helps a lot of people. It is actually a way to improve public health. Um, So, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. One final thought. Oh, sure. sorry. I was going to say one final thought for parents. We don't want to create the panic because if kids do have a problem with e-cigarettes, you know, they want to quit, you want them to be able to come to you and tell you. But if there's a huge panic around it, they're going to be too afraid to admit that they're actually vaping and they want to stop. That's exactly right. That's a great point, Michelle. Thanks so much for that. Um, uh, for our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another edition of IWF's Working for Women podcast. Uh, please come and learn more and consider making a donation 
uh, to support our work at IWF.org. And please visit IWF.org, where all issues are women's issues. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.